He's a different kind of king. He's not like our kings that we have, the rulers that we have. And I think it's a fine reminder for us in this day. It was a reminder back then when they established that feast day, and it's a fine reminder for us that Jesus is king. And as Christians, oftentimes we say things like, king of kings and lord of lords, but then we live our lives in submissive service to many other things. If I were to say to you, iPhone is king, a lot of you would be like, oh yeah, I can see that. Or fashion is king. Or money is king. Or football is king. I mean, I like me some football. I'm plowing my own row right now. Social media is king. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get memories pop up on my Facebook all the time. And I think I joined Facebook in like 2008 or something. And if it's like one of my first posts ever, it's like, trying to decide what to have for lunch. Oh, really? (laughs) You and the rest of the world. But what do we do? We put things on Facebook. And I'm not mocking you if you put things on Facebook. I put stuff on Facebook. But we want people to like it. And then if somebody comments on it, whoa. Oh. And I, I mean, I, I do Facebook and Twitter. There's a bunch of others going on right now that I'm not smart enough for. I, I can't even think of what they're called. But, uh, but we, but we, we want to be seen. We, if we're truly honest with ourselves, what we, what we really want, what we really profess, what we really believe is that I am king. That Bradley's king. I mean, if I'm, if I'm completely honest with you, I mean, Paul says we have to die to who daily? Ourselves. We die to ourselves daily because I have agenda. I do. I have an agenda. I have, well, this is how I want things to go. God, these are my plans. Would you please bless them and make them happen? I want a Lamborghini. I want, you know, I mean, I, I'm building my garage, you know, I want... Uh, 1990 Ferrari Testarossa that I won't drive very often. I mean, God bless, now, now God bless these plans. But we do stuff like that. I took that to the extreme, but we do things like that. God, I want to marry this one, all right? God, I'm in love with him. I'm in love with her. We have plans. We have an agenda. And then we just ask God to bless it. But Christ is king. We follow him. He doesn't follow us. Christ is king. Some of us might say politicians are king, um, and we don't often use the word king when we say things like this, but what they really are is our master. Who is your master? Jesus said himself, you can't serve God in mammon, God in money. You'll either love the one and hate the other or cling to the one. So this morning I want to talk briefly about Christ is king. I was talking to our pastor uh, Walker and Pat before church about a, uh, a preacher that I listened to, and he said that he grew up in Pentecostal churches, and he would preach for an hour, or he pastored Pentecostal church. He preached for an hour, then he moved to this remote area and took over this Mennonite church, and he could only preach for 30 minutes. And now where he lives now, uh, he says he gets eight minutes. <laughs> My introduction was probably 12 <laughs> just then, but I'm going to try to hurry. But if you have your Bibles, John 18, I got them, uh, 1836, 
and 37. We're going to go through this. This is Jesus speaking to Pilate. Jesus is before Pilate. Jesus is about to be sentenced to death. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Lord, I thank you for the scripture. God, I pray in these next few moments, God, that you would bless us. God, that that you would open up our eyes, that you would help us see that you are king. And you are the only one worth submitting our lives to. You are the only one worth following. God, I pray that we would find ourselves lined up on the side of truth. That truth is Jesus Christ. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Christ being king. And I'm going to t- I want to talk about three things, three things about his kingdom. And the first one is this, is that his kingdom is different. I alluded to a sermon Pastor Walker preached a couple uh, years ago. But this is going to be just a, a kind of a reminder of that. You can go back and listen to that. Jesus tells Pilate here that my kingdom is not established through violence or intimidation. Because if, if my kingdom were of this world, then my disciples would be fighting you right now. You are not called to fight for God. Not physically. Like, believe in Jesus. Not on Facebook. And I get a lot of my Facebook friends that I would love to have this talk with. (laughs) You're not called to fight for God. You're not his lawyer, as Bob Goff says. Called to serve him. You're called to love. Called to do what he said. But he, I mentioned it before, his kingdom is not dependent upon any nation, any particular individual. Yes, we can partake in his kingdom. And don't mishear me on this point. We can partake in his kingdom by being a spreader of his kingdom. We can take his kingdom with us wherever we go. His love, his compassion, his mercy, his forgiveness. We can take that with us. His truth, his righteousness, his justice. We can take that with us. But we can't Fight, physically fight to enforce his kingdom. That's not the kind of kingdom that it is. And it would be good for us to kind of get that through our heads. Do you remember when Jesus disarmed Peter? Peter pulls the sword and is like, this ain't happening. Not on my watch. And he chops off that guy's ear. Jesus rebukes him, heals the guy, and then tells Peter, if you want to live that way, you're going to die that way. That way of life, Peter, leads to death. Jesus is a king, but he's not a king who uses his power to kill. Pilate says, don't you realize I have the power to kill you? And then Jesus says, you don't have any power over me. But Jesus is the kind of king that doesn't use his power to kill. He uses his power to heal, to restore, to resurrect to resurrect the dead. Jesus is a different kind of king. He uses his power to save, to rescue, to heal, and to deliver. 
Jesus has all power. He says that after he is raised from the dead. He says, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. But he uses that power and he subdues the power of darkness, not with stronger darkness, but with light. He doesn't subdue hatred with force. He subdues hatred with love. That's the kind of kingdom. And Pastor Walker talked about it last week. And if you didn't listen to that sermon, you should. The title of the sermon was, What to Do When You Want to Punch Somebody in the Face. (laughs) What to do when you want to punch somebody in the face. And you're all looking self-righteous like you've never had that thought. (laughs) Some of you probably want to do it right now. Punch me in the face. Listen to that sermon. Spoiler alert, it isn't step into it. You know, (laughs) the answer isn't, uh, (laughs) yeah, the answer is not uh, go with a couple left jabs and then a right haymaker. This is a different kind of kingdom, and I'm kind of piggybacking off of his a little bit last week. We serve a king, yes, but it's a different kind of kingdom. God says to us multiple times in many different passages, old and new, my ways are not your ways. Your ways lead to death. My ways lead to life. Our instincts lead to death. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Don't poke the bear. Oh, you don't want to be around me when I'm upset. I don't want to be around you anytime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. And that's, that's how most of us live our lives. I'll be nice to you as long as you're nice to me, but as soon as you cross that boundary, as soon as you cross over, well... Too bad. And, and just like Pastor Walker said last week, it's not easy. It's not an easy road. But either Jesus meant what he said or he didn't. If somebody strikes you in the face, turn the other cheek. He said, and I know, I'm, some of you weren't here last week, so you're getting a recap of, of Walker's sermon. Jesus said, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, love your enemies. So, all that to say that this is a different kind of kingdom. Jesus has power, but he uses that power in different ways than what we use power. We like to think about God as being just like us, only a little bigger and a little more powerful. Almost like a a mixture of Superman and Ronald Reagan. Some of you. Some of you, when you think about God, that's kind of what you're picturing. See, I got West one amen. But God's not like us at all. God has power, but he doesn't use it in ways that we would. I said last week when we were leaving church, if I had been Jesus and I had been risen up from the dead, then I would go to Pilate's house while he was asleep and scare him. I'd go to Herod's house and say, you want to see a miracle now? I'd show up at Caiaphas' house and say, remember when you were spitting in my face, right? But that's not how Jesus is. And that's not what Jesus did. And it's not what Jesus calls us to. He's called us to a different way. Like Walker said last week, a crazy way. A way that doesn't make sense. But it is the way. Jesus uses his power to rescue, heal, and deliver, not kill. His kingdom is different. His kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is different entirely. He comes to save 
He comes to lead us to truth, and he is that truth. Uh, Jesus says in that scripture, in fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. He tells us in uh, John, chapter, uh, seven, John 17, I might even be 17, 17, that thy word is truth, speaking to the Father. And then in John 1, we learn that Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus came to testify of himself. The scriptures testify of him. He tells us that. And if you want to line up on the side of truth, then you have to listen to the words of Jesus, not the words of your own conscience. Not your instincts when you are done wrong. Man, that's hard. It's, it's, it's easy to say on a Sunday morning. It's hard to say when somebody cuts you off in traffic. I did a lot of driving this week. I, on Wednesday morning at 4 a.m., I drove to Milwaukee. Then the next morning, I drove to Chicago. Then at 1 a.m., I drove from Chicago all the way home. And I got cut off a lot, <laughs> especially in Chicago. Good Lord. <laughs> I thought at 1 a.m. the traffic would be better. No. Apparently, the whole downtown's under construction. Anyway, it's easy to say on a Sunday morning when the lights are bright and I'm looking at your smiling faces. But when you get out there and life happens, it's a different story. But it's in those moments, and I've used this, Walker alluded to this illustration, I've used it before, how that when I was at Hy-Vee at that lunch meat counter, and I just wanted my pound of honey ham, and I had been waiting, I had waited my turn, it was my turn. And it was obvious to everybody there that it was my turn. And this guy just walks up, puts his hand on the counter and looks at me, said, I'll take a pound of Swiss and a pound of roast beef. Now, that doesn't seem like a big deal. I mean, my wife literally had to come over and, hey, remember what you preached this morning? Because <laughs> she's like, what's going on? She's like, oh, you're still in line? I'm like, yeah, I was next in line. And, and she's like, hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Remember? What, don't you remember what you preached? But it's in those moments when we feel that rising up in us, whether it be because we want our pound of honey ham, to go on our Hawaiian rolls, mm, that's delicious. That sounds good right about now. But I felt, you know, I could feel rising up in me. And that's when the rub, that's where the rubber meets the road, where I had to make a decision. Am I going to be like Jesus? And, and that was over stupid hand. I mean, I like my food, but so imagine if someone had, what if he had struck me in the face? Yeah. But if I want to be like Jesus, then I have, then I'm at a fork in the road. So anyway, Christ the King Sunday, and I'm still talking about when I got cut in front of at the meat counter. We have a choice to make. Jesus, the kingdom that, that Jesus brings is a different kind of kingdom. It's different than, than the way that we live. It's different than the, the human um, philosophy. It's different than the, the, the things we live our lives. A lot of us have sayings. People have sayings they live their life by, you know. The kingdom of God is different than that. You want to be a follower of Jesus, it requires a different life. Why did Jesus say that narrow is the way and few there be that find it if it was easy? 
Okay, I think I've got my point across. It's a different kind of kingdom. Christ is king, but it's a different kingdom entirely. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel, the seventh chapter. This, the book of Daniel was written hundreds of years before Christ was ever born. And, and, and if you have time today, go back and read the previous uh, verses. Read this whole chapter of Daniel. It's fascinating. Daniel sees this vision. He sees the, the throne of God where the Ancient of Days is sitting. And he sees this throne is just enthroned with fire. And there's, there's wheels on the throne and, and fire is coming out of... I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy vision that Daniel has. A beautiful vision. I think it's full of... Uh, of types of, of Christ and the Holy Spirit being the fire and, and, and all that. But in Daniel 7, 13 and 14 was what we're going to read. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. His kingdom is eternal. So first, his kingdom is different. And his kingdom is eternal. Another thing I love in there is that, they, that this kingdom is for people of every language. Every language. Nobody's special. Daniel did not just see English-speaking Anglos. He saw people from everywhere, every language. I said this before, but if current trends uh, continue and, and majority rules, we'll all be speaking Chinese in heaven. Because the Chinese church has grown faster than any church in the world. And there's many, many, many more of them than there are uh, here. So we might be speaking Chinese when we get to heaven. If majority rules. <laughs> Something to think about. Some of you look angry at me. I don't I'm just giving you the facts, man. I'm like Columbo, just the facts. <laughs> the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ is eternal. It will never end. It will never end. I've, I, 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 I stole the thunder from this point already. It doesn't depend on countries or leaders. And politicians like to, to use God and claim him for their side. And they'll quote scripture. I saw not too terribly long ago that, that um, I mean, I, you all probably saw it too. Our president was quoting scripture. And, you know, I love, I love the fact that he used scripture, but it was, it was a misuse of scripture. And it's not just him that does it. Politicians do that. They want, they want you to think God's on their side because then, because if, you, if God's on our side, then, then I don't have to put my sword down. Because if God is on my side, then, then I can justify just about anything. And politicians want to make you think they're on the kingdom of God's side, that they're on truth's side. So don't be deceived. Pastors do that too. They do. Pastors do that. They get up and preach about anything and everything but Jesus Christ. Hold me to this standard that I, that I talk about Jesus Christ every week. That we talk about Jesus Christ every week. Hold us to that standard. That we don't get so involved in the politics of our day or what's going on around us that we don't lift up Jesus. His kingdom will never end. 
his kingdom will never end. As a Christian, I must be willing to die but not kill. I don't know why I put that in my notes. <laughs> it's there. But it's for somebody. It's for me. But you know, that we say his kingdom is eternal, but we act like the moment we live in right now will decide. Yeah, I already, I already talked about that. I already stole all my thunder from that. We'll decide whether or not Jesus keeps his throne. The things around us are temporary. His kingdom is not. The leaders right now, the political leaders right now are temporary. Jesus is not. The stock market going up and down, whatever, is temporary. Jesus is not. The American dollar right now is losing value quickly. It's temporary. Jesus is not. You know, my retirement at my job, I hope it's there when I retire, but it, it's temporary. But Jesus is not. We need to put our faith in Jesus and not everything else. Jesus' kingdom is eternal. All right. The last scripture is Revelation 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. Notice it doesn't say of the dead. It says from the dead. Jesus is not born of the dead. Sounds like a scary movie. Jesus was born from the dead. He died. He's the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. He is the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And I think when we think about Jesus, unfortunately, sometimes we think about him in one of two ways. We think of him as someone who was a long time ago. Jesus was a long time ago. 2,000 years he came he died. He was risen from the dead. But he's gone now. And someday, he's coming back. So when we think about Jesus, we think about him as someone who was or someone who will be. But when Jesus describes himself here, he, he, he doesn't go in chronological order. He doesn't say the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. He starts with the one who is. He's the one who is. And the one who was. And the one who is to come. He is the one who is. The one who is right now. Amen. He was here. But he is here. And he is coming. He was here. He freed us from our sins. He was the firstborn from the dead. He made us to be a kingdom. He is coming. One day he will come and will make all things right. The world will see him and mourn him. They will mourn how they rejected and mistreated him. Uh, this is almost a direct quote of Zechariah chapter 10. And, and in, in your Bible, it's even in quotation marks. Zechariah 10 says that he will come and they will mourn him as one who mourns the loss of their firstborn son. 
They will mourn when they see how they rejected, how that he died, how they could have had him. So he was here. He is coming, but he is here. The scripture does tell us that we're two or three are gathered together. I'm already in their midst. Jesus is here now. He was, yes. He's coming, yes. But he's here now. He is coming. He says of himself, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Basically, I'm A to Z. Alpha is the first letter of the alphabet of Greek. I believe it's Greek. And Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. I'm A to Z. I'm everything you need. I'm the first. I'm the last. He is. He's not just the one who was, and he's not just the one who is to come. He is king right now. He's not off in some way off place where your prayers have to go through 15 billion light years before they reach him. You know, the the speed of sound, so your prayers are a lot slower than the speed of light. So if it's 15 billion light years, it's a lot longer than that to get there. He is right here. I believe when we prayed this morning that he was right there with us. That he hears and he answers our prayers. He's right here. He's here this morning. I believe that. I believe he sees your suffering, your pain, your hurt. He knows your questions, your troubles. He knows the mistakes you've made, the foolish decisions you've made. He knows the lies you've told, the hatred, the evil that might be in your heart. He sees it all. He knows it all. And he loves you. And he wants to rescue you. Rescue you into this kingdom. Remember, he's not the kind of king who throws stones at sinners. You know, when when they brought that woman to Jesus, she was caught in the act of adultery. And the law at the time said she was to be put to death. Because she had committed adultery. There were witnesses. She she was condemned to die. And Jesus said, "Let let, let he among you who has never sinned throw the first stone. And so in the whole crowd, there's only one person eligible to throw a stone. And that's Jesus. Jesus was the only one who had no sin. The only person who could have picked up a stone and condemned that woman was Jesus. But what did he do? He restored her. He set her free from her sin. And then he compelled her to leave her life of sin. And that's what he does with us. We, we, we get thrown before him. We're guilty. We have no defense. Deserving of death. And what does he do? He steps up, takes us by the hand, lifts us up, compels us to a better life. And that's the kingdom. That's his kingdom. That's what he's calling us to. He forgives us our sins. He restores our life. And then he calls us to a better way. That's the king that we serve. It's not just a story about a guy a couple thousand years ago. Not just a story about uh, a Jesus who's coming back. He's here this morning just as sure as I am. And he's calling to you to reach out to him. He's longing to heal you. He wants to make things new for you. And I know the world looks dark right now. There's so much turmoil and confusion. There's so much hatred and bitterness. But Jesus is still king. And Jesus said, just as travail upon a woman with child. And this being Christ the king Sunday, I'm here to tell you that Christ is crowning. 
There's a term used in delivery called crowning. And I believe that Christ is crowning. Christ wants to be birthed in you, birthed in me, birthed into this world. Yes, he's already been birthed, but anew in my life, anew in our life. Yes, he is coming, but he is here now too. And he wants to be, he wants to use you to bring him to others. That's what I believe the mission of our church is. I truly believe that. Why do we help people with groceries? Why do we help people get their heat on? Why do we help people paint their house? Why do we help people do all these things that that don't seem like they're building any kind of kingdom for God? They're not building our church, making it bigger. Because we're trying to push love into the world. We're trying to be different. We're trying to reach the world. We're trying to build his kingdom on the back of love and mercy and forgiveness. Christ is crowning. He's coming. We're about to enter the season of Advent where we talk about how he, he came as a baby and he came to save the world. He's here this morning and he wants to save you. He wants to save me. Save us from our life of sin and hatred and pain and suffering. He wants to show us another way. He showed us another way. The way of love. Christ is king. I'm going to ask the band if they'll come back up. And we're going to go into a time of communion.